listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by our Vet and Pet Direct resident vet, Dr. Glenn. Hello, everybody. Today we thought we'd talk to you about some of the common dangers you might find around your uh, house for pets. They're things you might not have actually ever thought of on a few of them, but there actually are quite a few different little things around that, I guess. Dangers lurking at every turn. Oh, yeah. Don't make it so scary. <laughs> my, my, my beautiful wife, Belinda, is always up me about, you're such a negative bastard. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> no, but he's I'm not I'm just really. looking out for stuff. He just because I've seen I've had to cut things open three times to pull this out, and I've seen them poisoned by this five times, and yeah. But <laughs> I, I try to be positive, but I just I'm gonna look out for stuff that hurts animals. Yes, it's true, and he can come up with all these re- really random things. A few that he'll explain later, <laughs> but there are a few different things around the house, and well, we just want your pets to stay safe. So yep. we thought we'd um, let you know about a couple of them and what they do, and. Uh, so that you guys can make sure that your pets stay Just safe. keep it in the back of your mind. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You yep. don't have to go quite so negative as Glenn and over the board with it, but it's all right. It's definitely something to think about. Yeah. So let's start. I think we'll start off with plants and start in the garden. And there's quite a few plants out there that are really toxic to both cats and dogs. Yes. And there's a fair chance you probably actually got it growing in your backyard, especially they're, if you're a gardener. They're pretty common yes. garden plants. That's right. So... Let's start with um, probably one that we see not only in the garden but coming into the house is lilies. I mean, everyone, well, a lot of people like lilies if they're given them as a present. They come in most flower arrangements these yeah, days. Yeah, really, really common and I, yeah. I don't really know if they ever used to be. I can't really remember. <laughs> but, um, yeah, lots of just your Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, yeah. just your normal flower arrangements. Most of your supermarket have got, have ones. got lilies in them, certainly. You don't buy enough flowers, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Um, <laughs> I've been married for too long. <laughs> um, the um, yeah, the lilies are, are certainly a big problem, um, basically for cats. I mean, dogs if they eat enough of them um, seem to have a toxic issue with them. But it's mostly cats takes a very small exposure to the leaves or the flowers or the pollens or the little stamens on the flowers. Like it's just any part of a lily plant. Um, it takes not very much to cause uh, severe kidney troubles in cats, unfortunately. And see, cats like to sort of play with them, don't they? They bat them around. And they sort of yeah, lick them, touch them. Particularly inside cats. Yeah. Like they're just drawn to any vegetable matter um, <laughs> that comes in the house. And, and, I mean, that's, you know, if you've got potted plants already yeah, in the house, I mean, quite often they'll, they'll um, attack those. But yeah. certainly, I mean, if I have flowers come into my place, um, my cats are up on the table. So if I buy flowers, they're up on top of the range hood in the in the kitchen, which <laughs> exactly is just the best, best place for the flowers. But it's the only <laughs> place I can keep them away from the cats. Um, but, um, but yeah, lilies would just be a no-go. And, and that goes for potted plants in the house and look if you've got an indoor outdoor cat um they've got more plant exposure so they're likely just out eating your lawn grass and, and those yeah. sort of things they're less likely to, to go and select for lilies um but it's just to, you know if you've got an inside outside cat it's just um to keep in the back of your mind um as far as doing a lily only garden or something like that yeah, yeah. just because lily the problem with lilies is it's they are quite common people don't actually think about them what are the signs and symptoms just to look out for if 
that early stages. Yeah, I mean, just kidney failure, which is, yep. you know, non-specific, feeling unwell and starting to vomit and, and die over a couple of days. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, really serious. You've yeah, had absolutely. one in recently. I had one in recently um, that was, you know, it's difficult to prove that's what's going on unless yeah. you actually see them, but it certainly had exposure in um, potted yep. plants in the house and, and yep. that was an otherwise healthy cat that had bloods a couple of months before, which were fine. Um, mm. So it didn't look like a, you know, a long-term um, renal insufficiency cat. Um, so, yeah, he's going fine, actually. He had some more blood tests yesterday and he's rocking along happily. Oh, so it's so good. one of the few that I've saved from that trouble, unfortunately. Yeah, and yeah. it's been a few, how long you've seen? I mean, I've yeah. seen a couple, but. Yeah, there's been a couple come through in the last um, 12 months, seen a yep. bit of a spate of them. Um, but it's one of those things that you can, it's hard to prove one way or the other, unless, as I said, you've, you've just had a bunch of flowers and yes, he was chewing on them mm. four days ago. And, and it's not a sudden onset thing, like as in they get exposed to it today and they'll have troubles oh, in okay. three or four or five days' yep. time. So it's not a, oh dear, he's, you know. Um, chewed that this morning and, and he's okay now, time. he'll be fine. That's not yep. the case, unfortunately. Yeah. But okay. So look, best look if we lilies. don't have lilies in our house, if we, especially if we've got the cats. Correct. Easy done. Next, out in the garden, what about um, well, like yesterday, today and tomorrow plants? Yes, <laughs> um, little um, shrubs with the white flowers that become purple or it might be the other way around. I'm no gardener, um, so don't yeah, ask me. <laughs> white flowers and Brunsfelsia um, is the other yes. name for it, but yeah, it's a nice little garden shrub, which is pretty common. It's a bit of an old school plant probably and seen mm. a lot in you know, older house gardens, that sort of thing. Um, but the little berries that it gets after the flowers dry off um, for dogs seem to be quite palatable so they can have um, seizure symptoms from those. Okay. So it's caused a neurological problem. And um, I think I've only seen two cases in 20 years probably that I was suspicious that that's what was going okay. on. Um but again, you know, if the plant's in the yard and the dog's got seizures, it's always, you know, in the back of your, mind. Back of your mind as, yep. a, as a potential cause. I there. guess if it's a big dog, they probably have to eat a few of them to have yeah, the impact as well. hard with most plant toxins. Like, you don't know the actual concentration. At the end of the day, yes. you don't know how much they've taken in. And, like, if they've just got potential exposure to it, it's just got to be in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's probably better to have a one-off exposure to that than actually be truly epileptic, which is pretty common. Yes. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, seizuring dog is just one of the potential uh, possibilities, yeah. Um, cycads, uh, liver toxicity troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of different species of cycads that um, people have in their um, garden. Sago palm, sort of one of them. But yep. um, the further you go north, Brisbane north, uh, the more tropical areas, certainly cycads get easier to grow because yeah. they're quite cold sensitive plants. Um, leaves are toxic. Um, little seeds are toxic. Some of the cycad varieties um, have quite uh, ornate um, seeds, and I suppose dogs like chewing on sticks yeah. and, and real round things and stuff like that. So that's probably the main uh, toxicity problem unless your dog just likes chewing at your garden plants. And um, if you've got only you know, three or four plants in the backyard and your dog wants to chew up them, um, yep. if they happen to be cycads, you're going to be, um, yeah, it could be potentially uh, fatal liver troubles. Um, azaleas. Yep. Azalea is another one, um, another neurotoxin, nerve toxin. Mm-hmm. Um, the rhododendrons, um, they're pretty flowers and they smell pretty yeah. basically so sometimes there's a high palatability oh, I might just have a taste of this sort of thing <laughs> um, but yeah neurological problems can't say I can say that I've ever had any troubles with it um, but again difficult to, to know or prove I get, um, think that's sort of the main ones off the top of my head that I can think of um, species wise I guess yeah main garden plants I mean there's a couple others like green sestrum and um, oleander like some milky yep. sappy plants which probably don't really um, come into the most dogs um, do you want to eat that list <laughs> of things to do I mean certainly causes horses in 
uh, problem in horses in drought yeah. areas and that sort of thing. Um, people trimming up garden plants and throwing them over the back fence. Mm-hmm. Um, if the horse is hungry enough, they'll eat pretty much anything. Um, and they can cause certainly some significant, you know, horse and stock problems. But, but, um, yeah, not so much for cats for and dogs, I don't think. Not very palatable. I mean, it's also probably worth mentioning, though, that, um, even our, any sort of plant or flower, I guess, can cause some – it could have a reaction with your dog in an allergy-style way, yeah, respiratory, I mean, could, could make itchy. I mean, yeah, they, they might get unlucky and, and that's yeah. the sort of thing. We have a plant allergy and grass allergies are really common. Um, ingesting it's probably not the main problem. It's just contact is probably yes. the main thing. Yep. Um, the probably main other thing that I see is uh, little palm trees, um, like mm-hmm. the seeds of the fruit yeah. off palm um, trees. I see quite a few dogs that get um, either little dogs can get obstructions from the seeds, mm. um, particularly queen palms um, seem to be common and, and a pretty palatable little date like fruit. Um, and if they eat enough of them, I've seen dogs constipated on the yeah. on the husky bit basically. <laughs> but yeah, just the, anything palatable that's hard and indigestible can sometimes cause um, obstruction troubles. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's maybe move to the shed. So yep. I know this time of year, I suppose, around the place you've got rat baits. It seems to be, you know, your rat and your mouse getting around. So we're, well, farmers especially are yeah, trying farm, to bait them. Farmers and, and acreage, um, hmm. I think. As winter comes on, the feed sources outside become a bit less um, so prosperous, so they seem to sort of come inside in sheds and that sort of thing. And, and I mean, always all year round, if you've got you know chooks or um, horses or, yeah. or any other sort of stock, and the feed for we those, as in if you've got seeds around, you can have um, you can have um, rats and mice around. So yeah, rat bait toxicity is certainly a big problem that I see you know, pretty commonly, probably on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, either it's usually they you know, have got access to somewhere they haven't normally got access to, and they rush in and and their dogs being dogs snuffling around, seeing what they can. Get to eat and um, swallow the little sachet of um, mm-hmm. toxicity or the little blocks or something like that. Um, I mean, definitely, I would only recommend um, bait stations, stations yeah, which just, is where you put the bait inside. It's like almost a container that the mice can get into, but the dogs and cats can't. Correct, yeah, and it's it's you know, held with little wires or um, yes. you know, little sticks or something like that um, to actually hold the, the, the bait blocks in position and, and I've seen a few industrious dogs have broken into them and, mm. and chewed them apart as dogs can do um, but it, you know that'll save 95% of the trouble um, and just lobbing it over the back of the shelves and thinking that that's going to be uh, where the block stays yes. um, if you're just putting you know, sachets and that sort of thing around, um, that's not necessarily where they're going to no. stay and again dogs can be pretty industrious and you know, six months later if Nothing has eaten it, and, mm. you, and you shift the fridge or you shift the shelves or something, and and then all of a sudden, um, yeah, Fido's in there, and the, the block yep. disappears again. It's not a, a sudden onset toxicity problem, so unless you actually catch them in the act of eating it, um, you know, it, it could be a couple of days later before they start showing clinical symptoms of blood clotting problems. So and, yes, generally the rat baits cause an internal bleeding, situation. internal bleeding, or, or you know, blood from any orifice essentially. Yep. It's um, not really not. It's not, Quite horrible. Very unpretty. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, the internal ones where there's no symptoms are probably even more problematic if you've got a, you know, bleed in the brain or around the heart mm. base or something like that or into the uh, abdominal cavity. It's, yeah, it's nasty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the other bait to worry about is the snail baits. Yeah, snail baits. Well, I haven't really practiced anywhere where snails are a big problem. Yeah. So I've only seen a couple of cases of snail bait toxicity, but certainly, certainly further south you go, um, Sydney, Melbourne, and, and anyone mm-hmm. um, you know below Brisbane. But that uh, cold weather, pretty, isn't it? yeah. Just I think it's more snail and <laughs> garden problems. So people must bait them more. I think, um, but but certainly it, it's a big problem. Causes um, central nervous system troubles, like seizure troubles, yep. um, and also some um, blood dysgrages. So the, the blood 
spoiler doesn't work properly um, and seems to be quite palatable as much as the um, manufacturers claim that it's not pet palatable. There's not many things that aren't palatable for pets if they think that we've we've put it out and it's and it's probably good food yeah. target, they reckon. It tends to just ingest sometimes. Yeah, but certainly, you know, snail bait um, is a big problem. So, you know, again, have it somewhere that is not accessible, mm-hmm. full stop, by the pet and just be mindful if, you, if you're putting out anything that, you know, anything that kills, you know, rats or slugs or insects yep. or anything else, just um, the possibility that your dog might think it's a good idea to have a lick at it or, or eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cats usually a bit more um, judicious, both with rat baits and yeah, um, they tend baits. not to try as much many tend things. Tend not to, yeah, see the odd cat that you know you don't know what um the cause of the of the um blood clotting disorder mm-hmm. was and, and it appears to be you know rat based and um some of the newer um third generation uh anticoagulants takes a very small dose to cause any trouble so mm-hmm. you know, if they're an indoors outdoors cat and they're catching a, a little mouse um i mean dogs will eat rotten dead stuff yeah um, cats don't usually do that. They but, like the live chase. Yeah, but if they find a, you know, a little sick mouse that can't run away mm-hmm. very fast and then eat it, yes, theoretically, they could get enough of the toxins. Which is the passed system. on so the mouse has eaten the, yeah. the bait, then the cat gets it yeah. from eating the mouse. So Correct. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's maybe think about foods. Uh, I guess human food, yep. things we eat, there's a lot of them that are actually toxic to animals. Yeah, there is, and, and some of them yeah, sort of common knowledge and some yeah. of them aren't as common knowledge, essentially. It's true, yeah. actually. So uh, one of the most common, I guess, that everyone's probably heard is about chocolate. Yep. Now, we covered this in a podcast coming well, a few months ago now. Yes. And it's really not an old wives' tale, and I just would love people to realise that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I mean, part of the problem is I think, I mean, there's plenty of dogs have eaten chocolate and not had that's any troubles right. with it, and, and that's all dependent on their body weight. And, I mean, milk chocolate's got a lot lower um, levels of the theobromine and caffeine mm. in it, which is the, the actual toxin problem. Um, and, um, and you know, lots of dogs will get away with it and not show any symptoms. But, yeah, yeah. I've had three or four so, so far this year which have shown, you know, toxic signs of yeah. troubles. Um, I had one in yesterday that ate oh. um, 14 Ferrero Rochers. Oh, really? Um, at which probably haven't got that much chocolate in them. Right. I mean, had a pretty fair hit of sugar at the same time. Um, How big was the dog? Uh, it was about... 12 kilos. Oh, okay. um, yeah, decent. ball of bugger. But he, um, he was in hospital and, and um, enjoyed him at yeah, the time. He, he enjoyed him at the time, but we found him straight afterwards. So he um, spent 15, 20 minutes throwing up and yep. not having much fun and, and um, had some activated charcoal and he's going fine. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good news. So, chocolate's a definite no no. Keep it to yourself, don't share. Correct. <laughs> uh, onions. Yes, onions uh, cause a hemolytic anemia. So um, mostly, again, I see problems with the plate full of um, onions at the barbecue, barbecue that, yeah. that are the leftover ones. I mean, it, it's, again, same as most toxins, dose-related sort of thing. I mean, there's plenty of dogs have eaten casserole and all that sort of thing with mm. you know, a bit of onion in it, and I would never recommend feeding a dog knowingly onion, but, mm. I mean, you know, a little bit they can get away with most of the time, um, but it's mostly that eat half a plate at the barbecue. Um, and they're probably not troubles. likely to go and grab an onion out of the cupboard and eat not the whole likely. onion. I have seen it, <laughs> um, but um, it's not that not that <laughs> yeah. likely. Yeah, they um, usually go for the potatoes and carrots yeah. first. Um, but, um, yeah, certainly a significant problem, and I've given plenty of blood transfusions to dogs with mm-hmm. um, a Heinz body anemia, which is what it causes. Yeah, yep. so um, certainly be mindful of onions. Yep. Avocado. Yep, avocado. Um, not not hugely like fatally toxic, but um, causes mastitis. Um, oh. So um, really, I didn't m- know mostly that in female dogs, but male dogs if they eat enough, it can get yeah memory 
um, discomfort and, and swelling. Oh. Um, I mean, it's pretty high in fat as well, and if they eat enough of them, they can get pancreatitis yeah. out of it. And again, you know, there's plenty of dogs have eaten avocado and not shown any symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only can remember one case um, of a dog that had an avocado tree in the yard um, yep. and they were all over the ground and was eating that and, <laughs> and um, ended up with mastitis out of it. Um, but it's quite uncomfortable and quite painful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, yeah, not sort of a fatal problem but very much uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. it's mostly that if you've got a tree of them um, and they're, they're um, self-selecting, <laughs> free-ranging them rather than, you know, a, a bit of avocado. Here and there's the probably not going to make a great deal of difference, yeah. Okay, macadamia nuts. Yeah, macadamia nuts um, I see reasonably commonly both um, – the, in the kernel, mm-hmm. um, which isn't a toxic problem, but they just get stuck. stuck. Yeah, they do. Um, and catalog staffies, um, <laughs> other dogs, you know, as well. But I can mostly think of catalogs and staffies that um, you know people are cracking the nuts open and the dog snaffles one, yeah. or again macadamia nut tree in the yard and, and the dogs there, and and people see them crunching them up, and, yeah. and I mean it's not good for their teeth because they're pretty, oh, they're they're really they're pretty hard. hard. They break their teeth, yeah. um, and again, there's you know there's lots of dogs have got away with it and and not. Mm-hmm. Had any troubles? Um, I guess because sometimes they can pass them if they swallow a whole one, they could pass it themselves. If they're big enough, if they're as big, in if the dog's big yeah. enough, yeah. So, but yeah, usually like a, a normal macadamia kernel for a catalog sized dog is too big yeah. um, to go through. So um, they they cause obstruction troubles and um, the actual nuts themselves. Um, you know, if your dog gets into half a packet of them, they cause um, seizures as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a central nervous system problem. Um, I've never seen a dog that cracks their own. <laughs> enough at once to get seizures out of it because it's fairly yes. hard work but I, I have seen them you know the packets open yeah um particularly christmas time when there seems to be mm. nuts hanging around but, but yeah. you know, it can happen any time of the year um and they can get some pretty nasty seizures out of it mm-hmm. yeah i guess another one which probably technically is garden and i guess is your mushrooms and we're talking the wild growing um special mushrooms yeah, yeah, that you find in the garden and, and toadstools like a, yeah, there's toadstool. many um non-toxic mushrooms i mean there's there's lots of edible human ones as well mm-hmm. but, but i mean most of the ones that grow in the yard um certainly unless you absolutely know what you're talking about i wouldn't be mm. picking them and ingesting them yourself um and dogs i mean mostly puppies but you know any dogs um i see them you know come in and they've been you know, just racing around like fools oh, and, yeah. um, and just, just like, grab, grabbing one. a toadstool yeah. on the way past um but i've had a few dogs that have been suspicious that they've you know have been seen eating them or they've, you know, they just tuned up remnants around the place and, and some of them can cause some nasty like hepatitis, like oh, li- really? liver troubles yeah, and liver um, troubles, I haven't yeah. ever seen any that are um, having hallucinogenic states or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but it's mostly, yeah, the, you know, the, the Might um, be hard to fung- tell. fungal toxic effects. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can be pretty nasty. Yeah, so get rid of them, I guess. It's- yeah, get rid of them or, or just try and keep it in the back of your mind, I suppose. I mean, mm. if it's the right weather and there's 50,000 toadstools popping up in the yard, it's pretty yep. hard to um, to get rid of them probably, All but, time, but yeah. just be mindful. And if your dog See appears your dog- to oh, be getting a taste for them, yeah, yeah. you have to take some proactive um, mm-hmm. steps, I suppose. Yep. All right. Any other foods you can think of, Glenn? It's the main ones, I think, other yep. than I mean, overindulgence and dietary yeah. change. Any of those things can, can cause um, some Gastro non-specific mm. troubles. But, yeah, as far as toxic effects, that's the main ones. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, what about, well, okay, let's go with medication. I mean, there's a whole variety of medications, both human and I guess if your dog gets into something that technically is theirs but they eat the whole lot of it. Yes, yep. I mean, we have had um, – Heard of customers that the dogs got in and eaten the whole container of uh, joint supplement and yep, <laughs> quite enjoyed it. Might have done that before. Yeah, whole tub of sashes blend. Um, I, so, I don't know if the joints were particularly 
much better for the next couple of days afterwards. But yeah, I mean, a lot of those, you know, the joint supplements and and um, nutraceutical sort of stuff for pets. I mean, they're, they're pretty palatable. Yeah, I mean, they've got fish based liver or, or fish or yeah, flavors stuff in it that tastes yeah. good. And and dogs being dogs, if they can get yeah. access to the whole thing. I mean, again, there's most of those things. There's nothing that's going to be specifically you know, toxic with them. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, like medication wise, I've had um, you know anti-inflammatories because um, there's plenty of veterinary like prescription pharmaceuticals that have got flavors in them yes. to, to make them more palatable, like heart medications mm-hmm. and um, and anti-inflammatories um, sort of are the main ones. And, and I've had you know, numerous pets that have um, someone's left the, the bottle of um, Medicam, Meloxicam, yep. which is a common non-steroidal anti-inflammatory um, that's that's quite palatable. Um, it comes in 15 or 50 or 100 mil bottles and, you know, mm-hmm. a 20 kilo dog doses two mils, but I've had a couple of occasions where the dogs, you know, Grab the bottle and punctured it, holes mm. in it with its teeth and lick the whole lot out. And yeah. so they got, you know, a 50 times body weight dose of an anti-inflammatory that ulcerates their um, stomach and they poo blood for a couple of days yeah. and, and puts their kidneys under considerable strain. So, um, yeah, any medication, I mean, same as human medication, obviously, just um, keep it out of the way of pets mm. and children um, so is, things is very important. Like our flea treatments or our um – Oh, so on that, there are a few fleet treatments that you should keep away from your cats because cats can be a bit more sensitive. Yes, um, so. any of the synthetic pyrethrin uh-huh. dog um, top spots, basically. Yes. Um, you couple, don't want to cats. A couple of shampoos as well, uh-huh. but um, the top spots, I suppose. Um, some people, um, I've had occasions that, okay, you know, the dogs and the cats have got fleas and, mm. and oh, it's only got the dog type, yeah, so type. I'm going to put half a dose on the cat sort of thing and, and that's obviously a really, really big problem. Um, it can actually kill them. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, causes seizures and nasty stuff. Um, I've had some pets that have had yeah more than their recommended dose of um, the oral monthly you know, flea like controls. Like the true tablets um, or – And yeah. the heartworm, intestinal worm, uh-huh. and there's probably not much problem there realistically. Um, but, yeah, anything that's you know, designed to be palatable, remember it's, it's – They're going to eat usually it. palatable and if they can get a crack at it, they mm. will. Yeah. So in a cupboard out of the reach. Yep. Guess our f- medications that are around a lot of – Households as well um, for us people, yep. um, Panadol and aspirin. Yeah, Panadol, aspirin, um, pretty common. And, and I mean, if a dog eats enough of it, that's a bad thing. But it's mostly you know, cats, and cats are usually fairly judicious with um, what they, they want to eat. Yeah, they don't um, taste everything like a dog, do they? No, nah, I tend not to. But um, I can remember it was a long time ago. It was my first year out of uni. Um, I had a, a long little, time little cat that um, ended up saving his life. Um, but um, the toddler in the family um, had thought that the cat was sick um, and had found um, a couple of Panadol shoved in between the back of the couch, like in the between the couch, and it must have been a good cat because the toddler could give it oh my gosh. <laughs> the Panadol and, and had a couple of Panadol and Panadol's severely toxic for, for cats. Um, so, yeah. We- so, yeah, don't go giving your pets... Oh, human medication ever. Ever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we use off-label human medication by prescription. You know, but some, that is but your vet has prescribed a dose. Absolutely, yes. Do not go give it. It's, you know, some, some things that are fa- safe mm. for some species of animals that are mm, very toxic true. for others um, and the same with human medication. Some medications that are you know, fine for people mm-hmm. um, are significantly toxic for, for pets, that's yes. for sure. Um, but, yeah, the Panadol aspirin side of things, it's, um, you know, sometimes it's um, deliberate toxicity mm. and trouble. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the main one that I've seen is um, yeah, children delivering mm. um, Panadol's to 
That's pretty sick, sick cat, cat actually. Little bugger. Yeah. It's a little ginger cat. I remember he went because part of the treatment was uh, methylene blue injection. Oh, my gosh, Which yeah. is um, like a dye that yeah. ch- changes the um, hemoglobin molecule in the system. So this little ginger cat went, went bright blue. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> um, it had six or seven mils of meth- meth- methylene blue IV. So, yeah, he, 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 he became a smurf. That's cool. Yeah. But it, um, yeah. Don't it was, go trying it at home, but. <laughs> no, it was good. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other specific medication situations? Not specific medications. Um, you know, thing. Yeah, the main thing is, I mean, I've seen human heart medications. Um, oh, yes. Fairly, um, you know, not inconsistently. Um, but, yeah, just be mindful of any of your medication that, you know, dog in particular, if there's mm. just something there, they're potentially going to get it and, you know, illicit substances. Um, I've seen a fair few mm. um, drowsy dogs with some edible Marijuana mm-hmm. toxicity um, and touch wood. I haven't seen any stimulant troubles mm-hmm. um, in dogs. But I can't but, imagine yeah, it'd be good for it them. It definitely happens. And yeah, if you worked in emergency, you'd see a lot more, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. And another, we actually got asked a while ago a question. Um, a customer had their dog actually eat their tick collar mm-hmm. completely. Yes. Got it off and ate it. Seemed to be quite palatable. Mm, puppies and I don't usually recommend tick collars on um, on puppies. Or because on, they'll eat them. Or on the adult dogs in the family when you've got puppies because okay. puppies seem to be oh, yeah, just more prone. Them. And puppies, you know, they'll do the hang off the older dog's ears yes. and lips and anything they can grab a hold of. And, and if the tick collar's there to grab a hold of, um, yeah, I've had um, several cases of um, the collar coming off. And, and usually they've some of them have got like scents in them to mm-hmm. make the chemically bit smell less, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems to be quite palatable. And you know, I don't know if it's the you know, teething puppies and the texture of it feels yeah, good on the teeth because it's almost a of, jelly type yeah, thing, sort of jelly they? rubbery yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, the collars are designed to release a small amount of the insecticide over an extended period yeah. of time. And if that's ingested, um, the dog gets the whole whack pretty quickly, sort of thing, which, um, depending on what's on the actual collar, yeah. um, can be a significant problem. Yeah. yeah. So I'm um, just be mindful of, of the tick collars being ingested, sort of things. Mm. Um, just go by tick recommendations of, of t- you know, either you know, tuck, tuck, tucking the ends in if that's the instructions or trimming off. Yeah. Um, and I've had quite a few um, clients um, will, like, the dog will have its normal collar on, um, put the tick collar underneath the normal collar and then zip tie it. Um, to, oh, together. Yeah, yep. together. Yep. So the collar is still in contact with the pet underneath the normal collar yep. um, as a safety mechanism if there's a you know, hmm. puppy in the family sort of thing. Oh, yeah. um, so that, that seems to work. Okay, yeah. good idea. And Okay, so another one that you may never have thought about is um, electrical cords. They're actually like your power cords, your power cables, your cords to your computers i mean we've got cords for everything these days i guess especially like you're plugging your mobile phone your iphone cords hanging on the kitchen table all the time they're really um enticing for a cat or a dog to play and chew yep yeah, pretty common. Um, I mean, thankfully, most of your iPhones and, and electronic devices, um, I know I had the old Wii station at oh, home, yeah. the, the little handheld thing, and, and um, yeah, our cat made pretty fine work of the, the, the <laughs> fine leads associated with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're low voltage, 12 volts most of the time, so yes. they're, they're you know, unlikely to be um, electrocuted, electrocuted from yep. those. But um, but certainly you know, normal power cables have had you know, a number of dogs that have just chewed straight through. Extension mm. cords, um, touch wood. I haven't seen any actual problems from that. Um, mm. Most houses have got, got safety, safety switches, switches involved these days. These days so. and, um, but yeah, some of my dogs I've had a couple of chewed power cords at my place yep. um, that were on, um, and some of them didn't. Actually, I don't know how, but they didn't actually trip the safety oh. switch and the. 
lead was on and the dog, the was, dog was fine and the lead's in half. Um, not really sure how that works, <laughs> but um, yeah. It's probably okay, but just, yeah, keeping I mean, in mind for yourself, if you'll go through a lot of phone <laughs> <that's right. laughs> charges if you keep leaving them on the bench um, with your cat. But yeah, it seems like anything like they're small and thready, and mm. they can bat them around, and that's and, what it is. Um, that's you know pretty common in the cat world. Mm. But yeah, again, I haven't seen any troubles with you know electrocution side sort of things in cats. It's you know, foreign bodies. Can yeah, be another a thing I just thought of was like hair ties. Hair ties, cats. It's, it's a string like um, thread. If you're a seamstress mm. or if you're doing the um, the knitting or the You've stuff, had a sewing, few sewing thing. Yeah, had linear. lots of little hair ties that they've liked to swallow. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And <laughs> That's some, where the hair often, ties go. Often they go in and come out the other mm. end of the litter tray, but but sometimes they get stuck on the way yeah. through, which is disastrous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the threads and stringy stuff, and cats usually doesn't mix very well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's oh, I think. The other thing to talk about is probably just your general rubbish, like thinking about um, what's in your garbage bin, I guess. I mean, you're throwing it out to ideally throw it out, get rid of it. You don't want your dogs playing in it, but um, your dogs are going to play in it if they can get to it. And I know my dogs are going to get in the rubbish bin as soon as they can get it, basically. Yeah, that's Um, pretty And and plenty of other dogs are the same. And, and, you know, there's no nothing. It smells good. To them it does. (laughs) There's nothing, you know, specific in there that should be, you know, a problem. Um, But, you know, there's cooked bones and there's, you know, sharp bones and there's bits of sharp stuff and there's rotten food which they can get food poisoning Mm. from. Um, and if there's, the offcuts of the food and yeah, stuff. I if, guess. There's, if there's lots of food, it's just dietary overload mm. sort of things. Um, the bathroom bin um, yeah, is, is a problem with you know, bits of string and, and yep. cotton tips and all that sort of thing. But um, I've had quite a few surgeries involving um, female sanitary products um, that have been raided out of the, mm. the bathroom bin, mm. which is not a very good thought, but it's it's pretty common. Um, yeah. and, and those things are attractive to dogs if they yeah, can see, get to Yeah, see, I hadn't actually thought about yeah, that one before until you'd really, mentioned really nasty. Obstruction yeah, problems. it would. Yes. Yeah, not yeah. nice. So um, just keep that in back in mind. Mm. Yep. Yes, and if you've got a dog that likes to scavenge, yeah. Which is most dogs. Yeah, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> Every dog I've had likes yeah, to and we'll yeah. get in the rubbish bin. But That's right. Yeah, just have to just, yeah, again, keep it be in a bit mind. proactive. And, um, yeah, if, there's, if you just stuck half a chook yeah. in the bin, Take it um, straight out. it's going to be pretty enticing. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you've got an indoor dog, you'll come home and the bin will be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. Anything else you can think of that we should be looking out for around our house? Uh, nothing that springs to mind. Mm. I'm just trying to put my um, thinking cap sad on. hat on and looking for dangers <laughs> at every step. But no, I think, I think that's about it. <laughs> that's what you see. I'm sure to there's something else, but um, probably you know, there's. Yeah. But that's and what all, you see. Sorts of non-specific stuff. But sort that's of. that's sort of the, the most common things that I come in contact with. Yeah, through the clinic. And yep. need to um, need to have in the back of your mind. Yeah, yep. I think it's a really good reminder because a lot of those things. Oh, you don't actually think about it until, unfortunately, if your pet actually is one that is suffering from a condition from them. Yep. But you really don't think about it, I guess, because it's just day to day stuff. That's right. Absolutely. So, and, and, you know, and there's no reason to think about it no. unless, you know, you've got prior experience from it or, or know that's, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's completely true. So, 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 if we can help out and stop it in the first place, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be good. Go try and keep all those little things in mind, I yep. guess. Um, once again, it's just all general information and uh, it's. If you've got a specific problem, definitely contact your vet. Um, but on the, if you've ever oh, suspect that your cat, dog has been into anything that may be a bit iffy, definitely contact your vet and give them a chat. They'll let you know or check them out for you. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there are poisons information hotlines that sort of mm. as well, which are you know specific to poisons. But again, I'd, I'd probably recommend you know, ring your vet because a they're going to know the toxicity sort yep. of things and then going to help you out and um, know, when, know what's going on. Yep. Yeah. 
We've got um, a f- bit of information on various things too on the Vet and Pet Direct Help, si- um, help Centre site on uh, we've li- we've got a list of various health household dangers and poisonous plants and things as well. So definitely j- check that out at some time. Um, don't have to be a negative nilly like Glenn all the time, but <laughs> no, j- jump on it. It's, it's things that you should know as a pet owner, I guess. Yeah, just, in mind. just um, being proactive. Yeah, yep. that's it. All right, anything else you want to add to that, Glenn? No, all good. That well, should have scared everyone enough yeah. sufficiently for today, I think. You've done your job. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, keep that in mind. Keep your pets safe, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.